very humbling when everyone says these things, you know. It's all Jesus. <laughs> Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So it's, it's just him. It's, you're going to enjoy him this morning. I get out of the way <laughs> so we can enjoy. We had a great time uh, yesterday at um, the wellness house. Um, God moved. We saw just, you know, the goal of, of what God, the mandate, the Lord has given me a mandate, and it's, it's about being a forerunner to bring people, the bride of Christ, into a radical love for Jesus Christ. You know, I'm talking a radical love for Jesus Christ. You know, because that's what the body of Christ needs. That's what the bride of Christ needs. We need to fall so passionately, madly in love with Jesus that he is the center of our life. Our first love in the morning, our first love in the afternoon, our first love in the evening. But only the Holy Spirit can do that. So that's why we need a radical relationship with God. Amen? I just want to thank this precious couple. I was so overwhelmed, uh, you know, by the presence of God and both your pastor and your pastor's wife, you know, Deb and Pastor Bob. Th this is an amazing church. I even said to uh, my assistant, Lynn, this morning, I came in, I just, I felt the love of God. I felt so welcome. I felt a unity here, and God is happy. Say amen. <laughs> God is happy. Hallelujah. Uh, well, during worship, before I get started, I'm going to pray. And then uh, Stephen has a prophetic word he wants to give that God gave him through the worship. But Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, God, we come before the throne of God today by the blood of Jesus. We come in as one, united in you, one with you, Lord, in the spirit of Almighty God, that we would enjoy you today, God, that you would pour out your spirit like never before, that people would be healed and set free, that hearts would be healed this morning, God, souls would be healed this morning. The Bible says uh, in 3 John 2 that as our souls prosper, our body will be in health to serve the living God. To serve the living God. God wants us whole and healed and set free from the enemy's grip. So, Father, I thank you for an outpouring of your spirit. Even today, while the message is going forward, Lord, you will heal right in the crowd. People will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You know, we just got to have longer church services. Amen? <laughs> you know, this hour or whatever you know yesterday we went long and hard and I thought the training was over before we got started meaning uh one to three right Donna and then I think at 3 30 I was like all right let me get into the message you know that God has for us we need to fall madly in love with the Lord this is if he called us his first love Right? If he says that we're the first and the greatest commandment is to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, how is that possible? Like, I mean, if you have grandkids, you know what I mean. So I'm just saying that th there's a love to be found by Almighty God in him that is so full of joy, so full of love, so full of peace, a knowing 
just something that God wants to do in every single soul in this house today. You, you don't want to be caught up with the things of this world because you will not have a passionate love for Jesus. And there's nothing greater than the, pa- the presence of God. There's nothing greater than the presence of Jesus. And I don't mean just through a church service. I mean that when you wake up in the morning, right, God is just in and through you and you know it. There is a time in your life where God becomes everything. You know, we're always like seeking him with our hands for the next handout, but he's looking for the bride of Christ that's seeking his face. Seeking his face. And until we all come to the saving knowledge and the love of God, there, there is a presence of God Almighty and an assurance even about when we get out of here. There's nothing great. The love of God is the key to everything. The love of God is the key to everything. Well, come on up, Steve. Uh, he's just going to give a, a, a quick word here. And Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. We cherish you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the word of God. You are our great shepherd. You are the one that saved our souls and saved us from hell. You are the one that is the bridegroom. You are the judge and the living and the dead. You are Jesus Christ. You are the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And and we just thank you, Lord God, that you are our shield. Uh, You are the new wine We thank you, Lord, that you enter our being, Lord. You come inside of us and live in our spirit. The Father and the Son dwells in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, for the triune God. We thank you, Lord, that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he shed his blood, it was holy, perfect, and pure. There's no greater love, no matter what happened to you in your life, than the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's a love that God wants us to catch. There's a love that God wants us to know beyond our comprehension. We thank you, Lord, that you are our shield, you are our rock, you are our strong tower. You are our all and all. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are the word of God. We just thank you, Lord God, that you're going to do a work in and through us today. God, we just thank you right now that this is an entertainment 
This is the anointing of Almighty God to change us and transform us. This isn't a motivational speech today. <laughs> this is Almighty God that's in this room. The Bible says that when two or three are gathered in his name, he is in our midst. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers according to your will, God. So we surrender today our hearts, our lives, our troubles, sickness and disease. We surrender everything to you, Lord. All tormenting spirits must go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All tormenting spirits under the sound of my voice, in the name of Jesus Christ, with all authority and power, I command the spirit of fear and torment to go right now in Jesus' name. Slander, go in Jesus' name. It's all through the land. Hallelujah. Just repent right now, right where you're seating, sitting right now before the Lord for slander. We want to come pure and holy before the throne this morning. God, we just thank you and praise you. <laughs> we thank you that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we thank you, Lord, that your peace is saturating us right now. We thank you for the presence of God right now in this place. God, we just thank you and praise you, God, for just to release a fresh fire across this room. God, open up the hearts of, of those that are blind, that want to encounter God and want to know him in a deep, passionate way. Let the blood of Jesus Christ saturate your minds and hearts today. No one will ever love you like Jesus. I'm telling you right now that no one will ever love you like Jesus. That's how our problems in life get smaller that's how the fears get smaller. It's like when you know that God is with you and he never leaves you or forsakes you. He is in you. He is all around you. He is for us and not against us. It's Jesus Christ by the power of his spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Say amen. amen. How many people in the room, if we're saying by hands, that, that know that Christ lives in them? They have a knowing, hallelujah, hallelujah, because we're rich people. <laughs> the God that created heaven and earth, right? The Holy Spirit that was hovering over the waters, Revelation chapter 22, the Spirit and the bride say come, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we need to be radical about what Jesus did. You know, we'll be talking, we're doing a Good Friday service, and we have a table back there that you can check out Passion for Jesus t-shirts and take pictures of a seven-day tent revival we're doing this summer, seven nights of worship. We are going to expect that revival that's been prophesied over the land to just sweep through the land. If you're expecting revival, it's coming your way. If you're expecting healing, it's coming your way. If you're expecting a, an encounter with God, it's coming your way. Because what? God is no respecters of persons. Amen? Hallelujah. He wants us all in. <laughs> all in. And you know, the, the, the good news about being all in is he's tangible. I'm going to be sharing my testimony today a little bit. But I'm just letting you know that God is tangible. 
His presence, his power, the revelation of the word, the confidence, the assurance that you have that God's living in you, that you know you will not be left behind in the rapture. You will know that you're going to spend eternity with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all those that are in the body of Christ. Never to have any more tears, never to have any more sorrow. Amen? That we have to be bold. You know, God has been giving me a message now. I mean, I never know really what I'm going to say till I get here. But I'm letting you know this, though. The thing he keeps saying to me over and over, the word, he said, tell him to be radical for me. And I've been saved for 20 years in June. And the word that he's given to me, I have such an urgency in my spirit for three years. This is or before COVID you know, even came that there, I had such an urgency for the body of Christ because there has just been a complacent, compromising gospel that's going out there for the lukewarm, but we're not the lukewarm church. Say amen. amen. We are not the lukewarm church. Amen. We want God. We want everything that he has for us. Amen. And we have to stand up for righteousness. We have to stand up and love what God loves. He loves righteousness. We have to hate wickedness. We have to know that the Bible, what the Bible says is true. What is good is not always God. What we think is good. What seems right to a man leads to death. Listen, there's nothing more important than this book. Nothing more important. And you know what? There won't be one minute wasted with the Lord. It's all going to be written down in our books. I know when the gentleman uh, took the offering this morning in Malachi, it, it brought to my mind in Malachi, there are books in heaven. There are books like anything that you do for the Lord is written down. Like we're going to stand before him. Like even if things seem tough or things didn't go the way that you want, hold on, stand firm, keep your eyes fixed on things above. We are running a race and Jesus Christ is the race. That is the race that we're running. It's all about him, amen? amen? And our lives are gonna change from day to day. We are going from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. We are gonna be in him and through him. What is our goal? Christ in us, the hope of glory. What is our goal? Romans 8, what does it tell us? That we're gonna be conformed in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. God transforms us from glory to glory in his image. There should be nothing more important in your life than that statement. There's a goal that God wants us to know in our life, and it's him. And that no matter what goes wrong in your life, because what I'm about to tell you in my testimony, a lot of stuff went wrong. But his presence is enough. His love is enough. This is my goal. We just had this banner made, you know, and I, I, I bring it to churches sometimes. It's a beautiful scripture, and we might read over it, you know, to know the love of Christ. Now, to know, John 17, 3 says, eternal life is to know the one and only true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Should I say that again? Eternal life, John 17, 3, in the book of John, it says, eternal life is to know the one and only true God and his son, Jesus Christ. And it's never-ending knowledge. 
but it's the knowledge that's tangible. It's the knowledge that we need to know. We're not puffed up with knowledge. It's love. It's, it's treasures of the kingdom of God that we got to dig deep to go down and to get the treasures of God. The secrets. You're not, there's not one minute wasted in the secret place. Not one minute. Not one minute. Should I do this or should I sit with Jesus? Sit with Jesus. <laughs> should I do this or should I sit with Jesus? Just sit with Jesus. Anything that you have to do, do. And then other than that, sit with him. When your ministry goes out, we're full of God's glory. We want our words to be full of spirit and life. Like Jesus said in John 6, 63, we want our words filled with his spirit. We want our words to be tangible, full of life and love, right? We need the lens of heaven. I talked about this a little bit yesterday about the spirit realm. It was in one of the trainings. And I'm just saying, like, we need the lens of heaven. Amen? We need to see things God's way, not our way. We got to see what he sees. And right now, I'm sure he's grieving through the land. You know, what's happening? We got to be fire starters, trailblazers, people that are not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God on to salvation. Amen? We have to be people that aren't ashamed of Jesus ever. Ever. You will know in your life if you are. And I will know in my life if I bypass him in a, in a time where it might be kind of a little touchy. We got to be sold out, on fire, full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says that we're to be completely full, full, full of oil. We want to be the five wise virgins. I, I'm preparing. I'm a forerunner. I don't know what, you know, you're thinking your heart or where you are. Am I good enough? Did I say enough? Just sit with Jesus. He is the one that imparts the Holy Spirit, the, fulling, uh, the filling of the oil. And then when we are with the fullness of God, when we're full, we're expressing him. When we're full, we can't contain him. If you want to encounter the fullness of God in Ephesians 3.19, we got to express him. We can have all the knowledge we have in our minds, but if we're not radical witnesses at the grocery store, you know, in our family, we all have a chance this Sunday, if you're with family on Easter, right, Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Now, if you, you want to ask me a question, like, what should I say, Tracy, on Resurrection Sunday? Start with the resurrection. <laughs> you know, God's opened the door for us next Sunday, right? Like, do you know Jesus rose from the dead like he was in the grave for three days? You know, when you're sitting around with people, I'm a, and all you, can do, all you have to say is, I'm amazed by that. You know, and your words will be full of the Spirit, full of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, yeah, I never did ask the pastor how long I talked to. <laughs> so I didn't even get to my testimony yet. How's everybody doing? We love Jesus, don't we? Hallelujah. We all need the book of Acts. We're Acts 29. There's 28 chapters and we're the next chapter. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. We need the rivers of living water flowing through our being. We need God Almighty to express himself through our spirit, to our soul, to our body, and then to others. We got to be full of God. Now, if you're in the world at all, you will never have this. You will, you, if you're in the world, meaning like the things in this world are taking up your time more than what it is to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that will continually grow you in the spirit, that you carry God's glory, that you will not believe the lies of the enemy when you have this word written on your heart and mind. Amen? The Bible tells us that in the new covenant that we have in the, in the new covenant that the word of God is no longer on stones, but it's written on our minds. The word of God is written on our hearts. It's no longer, we don't even have to go to a place. God says, you will worship me in spirit and in truth. I don't know if anybody here has ever read the Old Testament. I mean, all the things that they had to do to come before the Lord to be holy, just, and right. And if they did one thing wrong, you know, God wants us to have a reverence and a holy uh, way of toward him, the fear of the Lord, all that like he lives inside of us. So every single place that we go, we take him with us. <laughs> We're not like back then, you know, they went into the temple and, you know, the priest went in and did the sacrifice once a year for the whole you know, nation, and, you know, we take God with us everywhere we go. I mean, it's just a fresh revelation that there's nowhere that he's not when you're born again. <laughs> and it's very humbling. I don't know if it is for you, but it's humbling for me, you know. He's always with me. But the more that the knowledge of that increases in your mind and heart, your life will change. Your light will change. Your mouth, you know, the, what you say, where you go, what you do, what you watch, the people that you're around, and then you'll have an urgency for souls, amen? You'll have it, like when you stay in the word of God and, and you read the word and, and you're just not going haphazardly through life, we are on the narrow path if you're a believer. You're on the narrow path to heaven, amen? So we gotta be forerunners for the second coming. We gotta be forerunners. We gotta be people full of love and power to help everybody around us starting with the body of Christ that needs so much help. You know, I said this yesterday, but when we're squeezed, you see what you have. When everything's going well, we can all put a smile on and go, you know, but when we're squeezed, what do we really carry? What do I really carry when I'm squeezed? Well, I've been squeezed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what? We've all been squeezed. We've all been the, everything, you're going to hear my story, but I will tell you, we've all gone through trauma. If there's one person in here that didn't have any trials, trauma, I mean, stuff that was very hard to go through, then guess what? You're still here. You'll go through something. <laughs> it's just true. Trials and tribulations, right? You know what? Because that's where the fire is. That, that's where God starts molding us and shaping us, right? That's when he really sees what we have. This is when we have to trust God. I mean, that's a good scripture that we always say in Proverbs 3, but we have to trust God to know that he sees everything. You know, people quote, 
Hebrews 4.12, you know, that the, that the word of God is living, active, and powerful, and sharper than a double-edged sword. You know, it divides between soul, spirit, joints, and marrow, judges the attitudes of our heart, because the Bible reads us. But the very next scripture tells us that God sees everything. Everything is open before him. It's a place of humility. And, and even when you're alone, if you're having a struggle, God is with you. You're not alone if you're born again. This is the revelation that the church needs. You can cast out your own demons. Amen? You can cast out your own fear. You can cast out whatever is not of God out of your life. Two things in the word of God. We either cast them out, tell them to get off and get out, all kinds of things that come our way that's not of God. You know, I have people that have come to me over the years and say, I don't sleep at night or I'm having night terrors. Or No, I'm talking Christians, okay? So we know that the world, whatever, you know, they need Jesus. <laughs> that's always the But I said, well, what, what have you done with it? And usually it's everything other than prayer. I'm just saying, like, prayer is so important. You know, conversation with God. I do not want to have a tormenting spirit when I sleep. I want to be able to sleep through the night. There's a promise in the Bible that says we're going to sleep with peace. But in the last three years, and I've been in a lot of churches and had a lot of Revelation 19 ministries. That's the name of our ministry. If you want to go out there, rev19.org. We have literature back there. But over the three the past three years that I've been in places in and out of the state, fear has taken over the body of Christ. It's sad, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And the Bible tells us that perfect love, who's perfect love? <laughs> yeah. Perfect love casts out fear. When you remain in him and he remains in you and you abide, fear will leave. Whether it's one year or three years, stay with it. I had panic attacks after I was diagnosed with leukemia in 2003. But prior to the panic attacks, I had anxiety attacks for years and I kept it all hidden. I was afraid to go here, afraid to do this, afraid to do that, afraid to drive over bridges. I'm just being real with you this morning. This is before I met the Lord in 2003. I never read the Bible before that. In 1997, my best friend uh, that I grew up with from high school, she was born again. I was in the Catholic Church. I'm still grateful that at least I knew about Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. I didn't really understand him being alive, and I always thought he was transcendent. The bottom line is I was never born again. People cannot understand spiritual things unless they are born again. The Bible says you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. We must be born of the Spirit. And like the thief on the cross, he didn't get water baptized, you know, whatever. But, you know, I said this yesterday. It's against God not to be immersed. If you are born again, you need to get in the water and leave your old life in the water and know that you come out to the resurrected life. It's not a matter of anything else other than obeying God. That's all it is. It's like God says a couple of things. Repent, 
believe the gospel, receive me, get dipped, get baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire, and now you're equipped. I'm just saying the truth. Every single one in the room is equipped, equipped to do the work of the gospel. Amen? But, um, so, I was, um, grew up in a very uh, crazy <laughs> childhood. And when I look back, I'm, I thank the Lord because he was with me. I look back at things, wrong decisions I made. I was in three horrible car accidents where one of them, they had to bring me out with the jaws of life. One time I experimented one time with this drug when I was in high school, and it, it made me go on a, some kind of crazy place where I, I don't even know what happened to me in one time, a trip I, I didn't even know, and God saved my life. I, I could have died at that. I, I could have drank too much. I could have, you know, walking around and just being oblivious of God in my life uh, when I was... Um, uh, nine years old, uh, my mom got remarried, and, um, you know, my mom's not with us. I, I uh, you know, she passed away five years ago, so I was very careful about talking about this, but I, she bought a bar with a guy, got divorced uh, from my dad, and bought a bar, and he was a crazy person, and he chose me out of the four to be crazy with, <laughs> but the power of Christ. <laughs> it is, yeah, but God, but it's, what he went through, when you realize what he went through and you look at your own life, you know, at that time, we're always a victim. Oh, I had to go through this and I had to go through that. What about this? And you don't have this and this isn't in your life. And that, this, you know, sometimes I'm just like, okay, what did Jesus do? <laughs> and he was holy God that came from heaven and had a plan before the foundations of the world to come to this earth and save our soul by the purity of that blood. So we need a fresh revelation of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we do. Because all we have to do is listen to us talk or listen to me talk, and I know that we need a fresh revelation of the love of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. When people say, well, I don't really encounter God's love, Tracy, and I don't know what to do, I said, read the last three chapters in the gospel in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see what Jesus did for you. And then at the end, when you get to the very last chapter, the very last word, you're going to go, nobody loves me like Jesus. We had prayer ministry, I mean prison ministry for years, 14 years, doing prison ministry, and it changed my life. I was so happy to go in there and tell those women about Jesus Christ and who he was and to forgive themselves and being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And there's always a circumstance and a situation and those women blessed me. I just want you to know, we need a new lens. We need a new lens. It's a lot of women, you know, what does it say in Matthew 25, right? You know, feed me, go visit me in prison, right? Clothe me. You're doing it all in my name, amen? You might not have a ministry at, with a church. You know, we're the five-fold ministry that equips the body of, of Christ to do the work of the ministry in the knowledge of the Son of God. If you're called by God, that's your mission, all five-fold. If you skip Jesus, 
then you're not called in the fivefold. You burn with passion for Jesus Christ in the fivefold so you can release it to the people around you. Release him. Amen? I keep going down. <laughs> Different paths. Here we go. So, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for saving my life. <laughs> for such a time as now, these precious people in the room to hear the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. What he did for me, he can do for you. He's alive. He's in this room. And we're ever so grateful for him. Here I am in 2023 getting to share my story with every precious person in this room. God wants you to know you're, you're so valuable to him. You're so valuable that he sent his one and only son to die on that cross. For he who knew no sin became sin so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin is falling off today. Sin is going today. Sin is being expelled today. Strongholds are going to go today. Footholds are going to go today. Why? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of his great love. For you, not for me. You can't look to me and say, I see Jesus loves you. You're blind then. Jesus loves you. Jesus saved your soul. Jesus is answering your prayers. He's doing what you can't even see right now. He's a God that we can't see now, but we can see him. First Peter says that First Peter 1, it says, even though we can't see him, we love him. And even though we can't see him now, we trust in him. This is the inexpressible, glorious joy that flows from within. See, we can actually see him, but we can't see him. God makes him, himself so real to us that we can know him because it's eternal life. And Jesus Christ is eternal life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so in 2003, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Now, my grandfather died of leukemia. He lived, um, my dad was 16 when he died. And so, of course, I never met him, but we heard the stories about him. And if you're a child of God, I'm going to be interrupting my testimony because I didn't know God at all. I didn't even know John 3:16 when I was diagnosed with leukemia and I was in church for 43 years. We can never assume and I don't assume even right now that I don't know except a few people in here whether you're saved or not. I don't know. I, I, by people that are in a church, I, I found out that people have run to the front and said, I never really repented. I just said a prayer of salvation. 
And that's what I did in 97. So in 97, I went to a luncheon, said a prayer. I was raised Catholic, went with my best friend. I felt like I heard the message in a powerful woman of God that preached the gospel. I was drawn in. The Holy Spirit was all over her, right? And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to have this. I, th this is it. I got to dot my I's and cross my T's. I got to say what she says and, you know, how we, we are. We can't save you. <laughs> you got to come to the cross and then go through the cross and be filled with the Holy Spirit at salvation. You got to repent. Your pastor can't save you. I can't save you. Jesus Christ saves you. No prayer will ever save you. Even if you said it 30 times. I'm just telling you the truth. Because God is real. Amen? So I said a prayer of salvation. I was going to school for electrical engineering. I was like, I, I, I hid my whole past. Like, all the stuff, the anxiety. I would make excuses why I wasn't going here. I hid the sexual abuse. I hid the only, not, not was I only sexually abused by my stepfather from 9 to 11 by gunpoint. I also was sexually abused by the men that were at the bar. So it was a crazy thing, and everything was just like a whirlwind for my life for about three years. You know, and I, I, I bless the Lord uh, because, you know, even if you're, Family seems kind of chaotic at that time. My dad got remarried and had three more kids and the whole rejection story, you know, all that stuff. So I had the abuse. I had the rejection. I kind of felt like here I was alone, you know. But God put a couple of good friends in my life. You know, what I'm saying is sometimes we say, well, we want my family. We want my family. We want my family. And this isn't fair. And that's not this. And I need that. And I need that. Just be glad who God's putting in your path. You know, it, it, it's something because it, it's, it's like we want what we want, but God is enough. God will help you. So I had good friends, you know, in that seven-year period. Then in 2003, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Black and blue marks were all over my body, um, and I was more of a go-getter type of person. I went to school for electrical engineering. I got promoted. We sold our one house and got the bigger house, and we had the whole white fence, and we didn't really have the white fence, but you know how they say that story. You know, we had it all going on, and I had two beautiful children, and, you know, we were going through life. I was making sure they got to church on Sunday morning and go to communion and go to confession and do all this stuff and make sure you get baptized by the pope and or the bishop and you know everything else you know what I mean like we're just trying to get all our ducks in orders especially moms say amen we have to try to get it all done you know but anyway and so when I was diagnosed with leukemia and you don't know what tomorrow brings or even today you got to live surrendered you're not in charge he's the author and the finisher of our faith amen but I was driving I was the king of my heart I got through the abuse. I got through the rejection. I got through. I graduated with top honors in my class. I did it. I got the good job that I wanted. I had it all going on. We had the big house. We had this. We had that. You're diagnosed with leukemia. Cancer's everywhere. It's all through your blood. 235,000 white blood cell. You know, it's like uh, you're going to have to leave your job. You're going to be in bed and the stuff that you you know, it's like wah, 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 wah. You know, you're just like, what? You know, uh, you're just sitting there and there might be somebody here in the room 
And, and, and we don't look at what happens to us in our life and say, God doesn't love me. You're blind as a bat. I'm just saying, because we look at our whole life and then blame God. So that's for the unbeliever, okay? Not for the believer. Now, I was an unbeliever. I was like thinking to myself, I already paid the price. Like, why am I going to die now at 43? 20 years ago, you can do the math. Um, so <laughs> 20 years ago in June, amen? So um, I was devastated. So I basically got a death report. I mean, they had some things down the road. They said within five years with the way your body, your uh, blood is and the way things are happening, you're going to need a bone marrow transplant, Tracy. You will need a bone marrow transplant, and it's so hard to have a perfect match. Well, praise God, my sister was the perfect match, but praise God, I never needed a bone marrow transplant. <laughs> you know, and so many families, they don't have any kids, and they got to get somebody from Ireland to, to be their bone marrow, and they put me in the class, they told me everything I had to go, they told my sister everything she had to do, and, you know, but, um, so anyway... I uh, was devastated, and the first thing you th I thought of was like, God, like, didn't I go through enough? Like, why did I, why am I going to die? My kids are 15 and 13. They're not gonna, I'm not going to see them graduate and get married and go to college, and, and like, I don't understand, God. Like, I took them to church, and they went to CCD, and, and I, I tried to go on. And, and, I, and I'm just complaining, you know, and uh, saying all the stuff. And, and I'm, I'm in my living room and my, my family room. And this is two days after I was diagnosed. And um, I'm in, in my family room. And I said, Lord, I was like, none of this was fair. You know, I don't understand, and I want to tell you something. When you get a death report, you don't think about anything. You're not going to watch Fox News or CNN. You're not going to worry about what's going on. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go, this is the first thing, because it happened to me twice. The second time I knew where I was going, <laughs> death reports. So the first time, I, the, I'm telling you, the first thing you think about is where am I going. There's nothing else on your mind. And I wasn't a believer. I said that prayer in 97. I didn't know God from a can of paint. I did not know John 3.16. I never picked up the book. I shouldn't say never. I did, but it was boring. This book is not boring. If you stay in this book, it will be the greatest book that's alive that you've ever picked up. It's the source of life. It's the rivers of living water. The word, the, the word of God right here, it changes us. The word of God is blameless. It makes us blameless and spotless and without blemish. It takes out the old life and the pain of our old life. I'm telling you, the word of God is, is powerful. It's alive. And, and I know that I, that I thought I was going to die, so I had this encounter and I yelled out to God, if you're really real... I was on my knees. I said, if you're really real, come into this room. If you're real, you'll come in. And that's how I yelled it. Like it wasn't like, oh, Lord. You know, I kind of, it was humbling when he came. But, 
And I've read a lot of books since then with different people that had an encounter with God. It was the same question. So my husband, he's not here today. Uh, our mother-in-law passed this week, my mother-in-law, and he has things to do at home. She's 92, and she knew the Lord, and, you know, we're happy with that. But um, just lost my train of thought. But anyway, so uh, I was saying something about my husband. Oh, he would say the prayer. He goes, oh, I was all alone in the house today. And I said to God, if you're really real, come in. And he didn't come. There's a place where we're desperate and surrendered. I'm just saying there's a place where God knows. He's God, I'm not. I don't know when he's coming. <laughs> That's what I always say to people. I'm not God. He's God. You know, I'm just telling my story. So I said, if you're really real, come in this room. And he came in. He was filled with, it was, there was so much light and so much love and so much tangibility of the glory of God. I didn't know what any of these terms are that I'm saying now, but it was so powerful. I can't even explain what it was like. It was, there is, God is love and light and there's no darkness in God at all. No darkness. If you think for one second that there's any darkness in God, there is not. Because now I'm here, write it down, I'm here to tell you there is no darkness. It's an overwhelming power of presence and light and love and everything just starts being washed away. Like that is the goal that we become conformed in his image, but he showed me everything can go, Tracy. Everything. All your hurt, all your pain, all your loss, all the rejection, every single thing that came my way could go. That's the God we serve. There's not one thing that God wants you to have in your life. Like, whatever it is. He doesn't want you to be troubled in any way it is. And I don't understand, you know, why people get healed or don't get healed or I'm not God. I don't understand why people, you know, die and go here. Or, or I don't understand why somebody's not delivered. Because only God knows the heart. But he's no respecters of persons. If one person gets delivered, that next person. If you want to live in sin, then you will not be delivered. Because it will come back. You know, and I'm just saying that God is God. Jesus paid the price for us. There's stuff in the generations. And I didn't know this. Leukemia, whatever you want to say. But listen, we submit and surrender to the Lord and we resist the devil in our lives. If you take anything away, know that you have authority and power. I didn't know this. He came into the room, and he started teaching me right there. We have authority and power over the enemy. Every rotten thing that ever happened to you was not God. Amen. Was not God. But he's waiting for you to turn to him like I did. He's waiting for you to, to look to him so he can help you. He wrote the book, and he does not come against his own book. If you got something with no solutions, it's in this book. And then the mysteries, when we're pure, with a pure heart walking with God, there's still mysteries, and we got to trust. There's stuff I have to trust because there's mysteries. Anyway, I gave my heart and life to Jesus the, the, the bright light was in there, and the first thing he told me is I had to forgive. Do you know that if you're tormented? Forgiveness, unforgiveness in Matthew 18. Go home and read it today. Matthew 18 says God allows the tormentors. If Jesus Christ hung on the cross 
And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We have to say the same thing. To every abuser, accusation, every wrongdoing, every trauma, every wrong thing that happened in your life and mine, the power of that pain can go in Jesus' name. But if you're going to negate this, which is our life source, and I don't worship the Bible, the Holy Spirit brings revelation to the Father and the Son through the Bible for me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This Bible is alive. I'm here 20 years reading it nonstop. God is my source. He is my life. But in that moment, he told me, you must forgive. And I'm thinking, are you talking to me? Like, I'm in this room, right? It's full of light, full of love. I can't open my eyes. When I did try to, I knew I wasn't in the room. And if I was, it was so filled with glory, I couldn't see anything. I'm not saying I had the Apostle Paul um, trip to heaven, I'm saying I didn't know what was happening. The, the realm was all glory and all light and all love. But the very first thing that God said is I had to forgive the man that abused me for three years. And I sat there, I mean, I was on my knees, and I remember, and he started speaking to me about unforgiveness and that we cannot hold on to unforgiveness and go to heaven. But people say, well, Tracy, you don't know what happened to me. What he went through to save our souls. What he went through to spend eternity in heaven. How I was nonchalant and cavalier all my life, walking into that church, seeing him hang on that cross, and nothing penetrated. Like many others. Well, the Lord, he, he was so gracious. All of a sudden, I had this overwhelming power to forgive uh, this man. And in one minute, I'm just going to say this. This is the good news. I'm still here, and I just want you to know, I knew nothing about Satan. I knew nothing about a realm of God. I knew nothing about that in uh, Colossians 1 says that we're we're, we come out of the power of darkness and we're translated into the kingdom of light of God's dear son, Jesus. I never knew that, okay? In one minute, God somehow impressed in my heart that there's darkness. I didn't know it was Acts 26, 18, like the Apostle Paul said that his mandate, right? Turn people from the powers of darkness into light and from Satan to God. That's what it says. So with me never knowing the scripture, I all of a sudden knew that Satan was the king of all evil. In one minute in that encounter, I realized that Satan had a control of this man. So in that moment when I had a knowing about this kingdom of darkness, I didn't call it that because I never read the word, but the word was speaking to me. He is the word and he was saying to me about the darkness and the light, Satan and him, God, I had such an overwhelming compassion that if somebody didn't win this soul to Christ, he was going to hell. There was something that came on me where the lens changes that we literally care about people 
that are broken. We care about the lost. And if we don't today and we just care about ourselves, it's, we're foggy. Even in our country today, with everything that's going on, we, we have to be the light. Jesus said, you are the light of this world. We are the problem, the church, because we have not shared the love of Christ to know that we could be full of God Almighty in our very, we could, we, we love righteousness when we're born again. We hate sin. This is what God does. You hate sin. You, you hate sin. You, you don't want any part of sin in your life. And when you do sin, you're so convicted because you grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about our nation. If people hated sin, think about if the church hated sin. Oh, no, I'll stand up here. I don't have my microphone today. I'll stand up and say, hey, we're saved. We're sinners saved by grace. No. When you're born again and you're washed in the blood and you get a new conscience and a new heart and a new spirit and the spirit of God is poured out in our spirit, we're new creations in Christ. That's what we have to believe. I've been washed in the blood. You can say to Almighty God when you get to your car, have I been washed in the blood? The Bible says we're sanctified, we're justified, we're set apart by the blood of Jesus, and the watering of the word will take away everything from the past. We hate sin as believers. We hate evil. We don't want any of it attached. I wasn't going this way, but anyway, God was. <laughs> so amen. So this is what happened. So I had this encounter. I forgave this man right before the Lord left my room. It was probably about two or three minutes. I have no idea. But all of a sudden, he said, this is how much I love you. After he told me to forgive, I was empowered to forgive because this love and this light. And I'm here as a witness we, Acts 1.8 says, you're a witness of what you saw, what you heard, and, and the truth, I was changed in a moment. There was a veil taken off of me. The sky was bluer, the grass was greener, and say, thank you, Jesus, that somebody is here on planet Earth to tell you the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't be jealous of the encounter if you want one yourself. God knew I'd be this radical prior. But anyway, the last thing I saw in the, in the room was an open vision of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. He said, this is how much I love you, Tracy. It was an internal voice. It wasn't audible out here, but I knew everything that God was saying. I can't explain it. But he said, this is how much I love you. And he called me by name. He said, Tracy, and all of a sudden, right before my eyes, like this close, was a big, uh, a big vision of Jesus hanging on the cross. He, was, he had no skin left. The crown of thorns was on there, and all, he, this is how I saw it. The blood was still alive, so it's still speaking a better word. So it was carried into heaven, <laughs> but, you know, Jesus carried his blood into heaven. It's not Good Friday yet, but he's carried it into heaven and just brought it before the Lord, our Father. He just brought it before him, his blood. But I saw him, he was so bloody, he was so torn apart, he was so ripped to shreds 
but then he brought me to his eyes. <laughs> and his eyes were so full of love. They were so full of love, it like melted my heart in a minute. I was like, this is a God of love and light, and there's no darkness in our God, no matter what's happening. No matter what has happened in your life, no matter what's happening around the world right now, don't judge God. He's the judge of the living and dead. He will have the final word. He will have the final word. That means we need to zip it on up and pray. We need to zip it on up. We got to get our eyes fixed on the Lord. So I saw Jesus hanging on the cross, the love. I turned over on my knees, and this is what I said, literally with a death report. I rolled over on my knees, and in that moment, I said, I will serve you. I said, I repent, and I didn't use the word I repent, but I just said, I've ignored you my whole life. Now, I was going to church. It's not about church. It's about him. <laughs> we, can't, we can't take it apart from him, right? Amen? So I said, I've ignored you my whole life, my whole life. Even when I was going to church, I was thinking about where I was going next when I got out of there. I said, I'll serve you till my last breath. I'll serve you to my last breath. I said, I just want to know you. I opened up the Bible. Um, I had my sister-in-law came over to my house. And my husband came home from work, and he was, what happened to you? There was no process with me. Now, I had to grow in the word, and I had to be transformed. I had to be filled with God's glory, but I wasn't going back to the world. I was letting every single thing go. And I never had any training in deliverance ministry, but things that came to me, I said, I knew that God did not want me to have this. I had anxiety. I had three years of panic attacks, and I had that encounter with God. And I just would say 2 Timothy over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Perfect love cast out fear, 1 John 4.18. Say it over and over. I have power, I have love, and I have a sound mind, and I have God in me, and I cast this out. And I would just speak in tongues, and, and then boom. And then one day I'm walking down the hall at my job, and it was in 2006, I'm walking down the hall at my job, and next thing you know, I, the still small voice of God that we hear once in a great while, he said, no more, no more, it's over. And I never had another panic attack since, all anxiety. But you know what? I had to persevere for three years. I had to stay with the word. I had to agree with God. I had to say, you don't belong here. This fear is not of God. Get out. Anxiety is not of God. Get out. In the... I didn't go to no deliverance training. I read the word. <laughs> read the word. But I have since, you know, I got, you know, more equipped and all that because the body of Christ is suffering, you know. They just are. But anyway, so I got in the word. Uh, oh, my, sis, my husband came home. He's like, what happened to you? I told you the veil was taken off. I told him my story. My sister-in-law came over, and she can't. She worked for a real estate company. She said, I was in the shower today. She said, and I have a message from you from God. Now, she was a born again. Uh, she was born again, and she came over to my house, and she sat right next to me, and this is what she said. Dear Tracy, hi, this is God. Now, she said it as she wrote it. It wasn't prepared. She wrote it right in front of me in a journal. I just have it on paper so I don't carry the journal. Hi, this is God. We've been in touch now and building our personal relationship for years. 
That's what she said. And I don't know if going to church and the seeds that were sown, but I, it's like the parable of the sower. You know, you know, the seeds come in and the enemy can take them right back out if you don't, if you're caught up in the world or persecutions or in the name of Jesus, you know, we know. I mean, we have to be real with God, you know, at that point. But anyway, in God's eyes, he says I was having a relationship with him since 97 is when I asked him to come in my heart, but I ignored him. Now it's time for us to go on a special journey. And maybe you've ignored God. Maybe after this message today, you're like, you know what? I got to set time apart, one hour a day. Jesus said to his disciples, uh, if you can't even pray one hour a day, that might be worship, prayer, fellowship, praying with somebody on the phone. You know, we can give God one hour a day, you know, for all he did, you know. He says, now it's time for us to go on a special journey. Now, this is crazy because I've never read the word of God. You are such a special person, and I want you to do an important job for me. There are some people who need to know about me and how much I love them. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you will be my messenger. I will be with you every step of the way, every minute of every day. I love you. Don't be afraid. Now, isn't that something? Don't be afraid. I'll never ask you to do something we can't do together. I love you, Tracy. Trust in me, God. Nine months later, I was diagnosed with leomyosarcoma. I had a little pimple on the back of my leg. I'm a radical witness. I'm telling everybody everywhere. The bone marrow biopsy during that time, I mean, the bo bone marrow, it's a Philadelphia chromosome, and when you get diagnosed with leukemia, it goes positive. All of you in the room have a negative cro chromosome like me, but it goes positive, and that shows that there's a leukemia. So that switched back, and, and the leukemia was pretty much, you know, gone. Uh, I was on a white blood cell uh, inhibitor for a while, on and off, and um, I got diagnosed with this. I had a pimple on the back of my leg. I went to the doctor. They took a biopsy. They sent it off. They called me, and they told me to sit down at work. They said, you're diagnosed with leomyosarcoma, and mainly, if you look it up, almost everybody dies from it. It's like a, the worst painful cancer. I even know somebody uh, that died of it. But four in one million people get that. And um, anyway, I sat down and I ate this book, right, Donna? Eight to 10 hours a day for nine months. Got diagnosed again. I ate this book. I had no fear. I knew where I was going. That wasn't my problem. I knew I was called by Jesus Christ to preach the gospel. And if they take off my leg, who's going to push me around in the wheelchair? That was my dilemma. So, um, you know, they told me, you know, this leomyosarcoma goes to your brain, your pelvic area, and your lungs, and then it goes to the limbs. So they basically told me at my appointment, the cancer was everywhere before it goes to your legs, they start amputating legs one at a time. As it, I mean, it's crazy. I just sat there and I thought, well, uh, the devil has not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. They called me at work. They had to tell me right away. They told me over the phone. The devil has not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give me life abundantly, overflowing to the full. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil 
And he handed it off to me to destroy the works of the devil. And God came to heal every sickness, every disease, forgive every sin. By his stripes we are healed. I will not die. I will live and declare the works of the Lord. This is coming out of my mouth to the engineers standing around me. I first said it to myself, and then I was just telling people, I have a call in my life. Listen, if we're alive to serve Jesus, he's going to bring you out. He's going to bring you out. Because there's few and far between today that are serving the Lord. Even in the church. Even in the church. But anyway, so um, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And, and my family was so devastated. My family. I'm like, oh, what are we going to do about the family? <laughs> They're going to be so bummed out. Where's your Jesus, Tracy? I said, well, this is what I do know. Jesus is in me. He manifests himself to me. When I got on my knees on that day I had an encounter and I opened up this book, I went to John 14, 21. He says, if you love me and obey me, I will come and manifest myself to you. And that's what he's been doing for 20 years. So nobody, no doctor, no family member, not anyone could tell me God was not living on the inside. Not one person. I don't care if it was pastor so-and-so, king so-and-so. It didn't matter. God was in me. I was one with him in the spirit. And I didn't understand why this body wasn't lining up. I knew that the devil comes to kill you. And that means kill you. That means you die. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy is what he does. Killing, he comes to kill us. We got to rise up and agree with God. We got to rise up and agree with God. We got to rise up and agree with God. The word of God is living, active, and powerful. The word of God, with agreeing with God, took me out of panic attacks. The word of God changed the chromosome. The word of God took the cancer out of my body. The word, the word, the word. People want to know, what is it? Doesn't God love me? Do you know what God says? He loves us. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Hallelujah. 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 It's the word of God. When they go into church and they said to me, even the precious woman go, uh, what, what scripture are you going to use today? I thought, I have no idea. Probably about a thousand when I got here. And I go, oh, that one. <laughs> because it is. It's like the way, I, I, have no, I have no idea. I eat the word and then the word comes out. <laughs> when I go places and people, pastors, insist on the PowerPoint, I go, this is going to go south, God. Did you hear that? A PowerPoint? You know? Yeah, it's just true. You got your three scriptures. I called maybe 300. But which three do you want me to tell you? Because the word's touching you right now. Tracy isn't touching you. The word's touching you. The word's healing. The word's setting you free. The word's making you fall in love with Jesus Christ. And the testimony. That's what John went to the Isle of Patmos on. The word of God and the testimony of Jesus is what we have to have in us. The word of God. He loves us. And so when I had all these cancers that came on me and panic attacks and anxiety attacks and all that abuse, 
this was enough. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is enough. This is enough. Listen, things are hard. People lose children. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people die and, and things are, and, and I tell people, I, I, I wish I could say I have a solution for their healing, but I just have Jesus. There, there isn't anything else that I can tell anybody other than this is the goal. This is the goal, that we would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge because it's supernatural knowledge. We live from the spirit realm. This is it right here, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3.19, do we love that book or what? I'm going to end with that verse, and then we have the prayer team, uh, the worship team come up, and we'll see what God's going to do here today. Um, Oh, by the way, they never amputated my leg. (laughs) This isn't a fake leg. I was like, God, who's going to push me around in a wheelchair? Like, my family was so crazy about me. They're like, just sit down. It's going to be okay. I'm like, I'm fine. Listen, when you're squeezed, what do you have? And when I got squeezed the second time and they said they were going to take my leg off and cancer was everywhere, I went to Disney World because we had a trip. This is before Disney went south. 20 years ago. Okay? He said, oh, no, Sloan Kettering, we got to get the doctors in. This is something. I said, no, I'm I'm, I'm going on my vacation. I'm going to swim with the dolphins in the ocean. I'm going to go to Disney World. I'm going to visit my brother. And he said, you don't understand. I said, no, I'll give you a call when I get back. So they took out this much. They said they were going to take it out an egg size where the biopsy was, where they said for sure things were there. But they came back and they said, internally, you have nothing. Now, that's not possible to have leomyosarcoma. It's not possible. But what's not possible with man is possible with God, and nothing is impossible with God. You don't get leomyosarcoma on your leg before it's internal. And there was no cancer when they did all the scans. No cancer. I will not die. I will live and declare the works of the Lord till my last breath. But anyway, so we came back, and they, they said they were going to take an egg size. They took a grapefruit size because they were worried about it. But when they sent it out to the lab, because you have to keep the family happy, because they're like, we don't feel what you feel. We don't know what you know, because you're living in this book. They're in worry, fear. We're going to lose my mom. I'm going to lose my wife. You know, I'm going to lose my daughter. They were in fear. They, they didn't have enough faith. When I'm saying faith, I'm not talking about, oh, you don't have enough faith to get healed. They didn't have enough faith in the objective who the Lord is. And I didn't say about healing. I'm talking fear. Like they didn't understand why I wasn't fearful. Even if I'd have an anxiety attack, I was not afraid to die. Hebrews 2.14 says that the, that the cross right here that the, the fear of death was broken at the cross. All the enemies and all the powers of darkness are under my feet. With the blood of Jesus Christ, by the love of God, set us free. All we got to do is believe and be our own advocate in the spirit realm. Don't wait for the preacher. Got my voice back anyway from yesterday. Um, this morning I was like, oh no. But anyway, don't wait for the preacher. Believers have the same thing as the preacher. 
I didn't even have anybody. Nobody knew anything when I got born again way back in 20. I, didn't, I was in a church where I, I, didn't, I didn't even have any friends. I had nobody in the body of Christ. I was alone. I lost all my friends but one. And my family, they stopped inviting me to all the parties. All the cousins, uncles, and aunts. And I wasn't even saying anything. I was just in the room. The conviction was there. I didn't have to speak. We don't have to speak as believers. The light and the love that we carry for Christ and the glory is the conviction. You don't have to say one word. They don't know. They can't comprehend it because they're dark. They need Jesus, and we're the solution. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Do you want to say anything, Pastor? <laughs> I, looked up, I looked up at the clock, and I saw it was 12 o'clock, and Precious Debbie got me another water, but I was too... So, Lord, we just thank you and praise you. Jesus, you are alive. We celebrate you, Lord. You're our everything. Hallelujah. Jesus, you know every need in the room, God. I thank you that there's testimony through the service. That people's, uh, I, I believe that there was a migraine or a headache going on. I had a word of knowledge. I just didn't release it at that point, but it's gone right now in Jesus' name. Uh, and, and so somebody had a headache, and it's gone now. So, was it, who was it? Was it you? Okay. So um, in the midst of everything, I, I just didn't release that. But God, we thank you that I, I feel it strong on me that, that God is releasing his fire and his love on pain in, in the body Right now, like if you have pain, stand up. And it's whether it's arthritis or back pain or, and, and not saying it's anything, you know, demonic. I'm just saying that if you have pain, we're going to believe right now that the river of God is here. God, we are, we are in the great commission, Lord, that we cast out demons, heal the sick. God, we proclaim the good news to the gospel. Your word is living, it's bread. Your spirit is living water, God. And your blood is alive, even right now as we speak, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for every single person in the room that's standing, every person that's standing, God. I pray in Jesus' name right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the authority in the name of Jesus, I speak to bodies that are in pain, whatever, whatever it is. Just say, I surrender all. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray and I speak to bodies, the flesh right now, backs, necks, hands, feet, knees. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I command all pain to go now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, you're a God that loves and saves and heals. You heal every disease. You forgive all sins in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, we just thank you and praise you. God, we curse cancer in Jesus' name. Even people that might not know of cancer developing, we curse it now at the root in the mighty name of Jesus. Cancer is of the devil. And through generational curses, 
And whatever got passed down, we resist the devil today and say, cancer, go in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit of infirmity, go in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak out and say all spirits of fear, torment, anxiety, worry, self-hatred, go in the mighty name of Jesus. If you have fear or anything in your body like that, because the devil is a liar, stand. Stand if you have fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blood of the lamb was slain. In the name of Jesus. Stephen, can you come up and stand behind her? Come over here. I'm going to anoint you with oil. How are you today? You doing good? You want to be free? Today's your day. Go like this. Don't be afraid. God's going to touch you. In the name of Jesus, you bind up fear in Jesus' name. The spirit of fear, I say, come out right now in the name of Jesus. Come out now. You have no right. Come out in Jesus' name right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you and praise you. Let the, let the fire of God touch you. We rebuke all fear, all pain in the mighty name of Jesus. Tormenting spirits go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's okay. Are you doing okay? Did you give your life to Jesus? If anybody wants prayer, personal prayer, you can come up for whatever it is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it's 10 after 12, but lunch goes, you know, you can get lunch later. Come in the name of Jesus. Come, if you, I'm just going to do this altar call too. I feel like God's saying it right now. Like if you want to surrender your life and catch the fire of God, it's in this room. The fire starts in my feet, and that's why I have these shoes on, goes straight up through my back, and the fire of God's here. He wants to burn away everything that is going on in your life that isn't Him. He wants to burn away and replace it with His love. Just come up. If you can't get on your knees, you can stand, but come up before a holy God that's in this room and just surrender in Jesus' name. Surrender. If you got any kind of oppression or depression, come up and it will go in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.